Hello, and welcome to The Adrian Ross Show, a product of the BMG Network. So glad you're tuned in at thebmgnetwork.com, the BMG Network's YouTube channel, or a major podcast platform. It's time for another exemplary episode. So here we go. Welcome back to The Adrian Ross Show for part two of Living Single with my four guests. Now we're going to pick up exactly where we left off with a rather interesting question. And now you get to hear what their answers were and also what my answer was. Now, if you missed part one, be sure to go to part one, then continue on to part two, where not only do we deal with that question, but we take an even deeper dive in the topic of being single. Enjoy. Do you believe, and this is this is a conversation people have, some people believe there is one man for one woman, that God has one person, and other people believe you choose. Hmm. What do you think? I don't think God has one particular person, because if you steal my man, then you've messed up the whole structure. <laughs> You know, if, if, if my future husband that's intended for me. Oh, was that your future? What well, was he intended for you? Well, that's true. That's true. Um, but I, and I, th- this story comes to mind, just right on exactly what Crystal was, was saying. Um, there's, there was a, um, there, there was a relationship that, um, that, you know, I was pursuing and, and, and things like that. And, and, and to be honest, I really thought it was it. I thought this was the one I thought this was, this is everything that I've been looking for. This, this man walks on water. I mean, that's, that's just the way that, that I felt and it, and it, it did not end up the way that, you know, I had anticipated and I had sought after God for this before I even pursued it because I did not want heartbreak. And, and I, I had sought God, you know, before even pursuing this relationship. And whenever it did not go the way, I remember clearly I was standing in my living room just drinking coffee and I was, you know, praying and it was early in the morning. And I just, I, and I'm not just saying this to to justify what happened, but I know that the spirit spoke to me and said, I was ready to place your heart in his hands, but he fumbled it. And because of God's sovereignty, because of his love for me, because of the, the, the way that he, maybe that he saw how this man was going to handle my heart, that he kept me from that. Um, so, it, and that's, that is kind of the, that's the deep thinking of there are two people involved here. And I think it just, I keep going back to this, but I just, I know that God is good and I know that he has my best interest at heart and that marriage is good. And he, he knows what I want and I'm a daughter of his. So he wants me to enter into this marriage that is filled with joy and happiness. And, and if he wants to hand that to me, then excellent, you know, but again, I trust him enough if he doesn't. Mm-hmm. I have two things. One, referring back to Crystal. I think the worst one when we say when we want singles ministry is like when we go after church, right? People go out to dinner with their old families. Nobody's looking around to see if singles want to join them. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. We're not always like, are are you doing something for the holidays? Or are you wanting something to be part of our lunch? Like that's not always happening. When I want singles and inclusiveness, it's like, I want to be there, but you don't want to be the fifth or sixth will either, but you want to feel included. Um, and then the other thing is, I don't think there's probably one person, but I do think there's a wrong person. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I do. Oh, yeah. th- I don't think there's yes. a right, yeah, but I yeah. do think there's a. Ro- I think there's many where you see the signs because I've seen when people God said no and they're like, I'm gonna do it anyway, and it ends very horrible. So I don't think there's just one person, but I do think there's a lot of wrong somebody's that God clearly gives you if you keep warning. This ain't for you. And you know, and I hear you. I think there's one person for me. And I don't know, does that sound arrogant? I hope it doesn't because I don't mean it to be arrogant at all. But I truly believe that there is a one, and I'm not saying that for everybody. I don't know. It would seem to me that it would, that God would have someone for, you know, but I just believe there's one person for me. And, and so maybe he fumbled too. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why I am, you know? Okay. You want, you want person, you know? I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have the answer to that, but I know that's been, a, that people talk about that. So I, you know, I wonder, I don't know. It's also um, the most common thing that you hear. Well, maybe, maybe he just hasn't gotten his stuff together and you're just waiting on him. I, I also cringe at hearing that because I'm tired of hearing it. Like, well, then I was like, well, it's like, well, then get it to freaking gather. Like, I don't know. Like, I know, right? What do you- I think that's why some people say pray for your husband, which like I said, that was so out of my mind for like 15 years, but I have recently begun to, I'm like, Lord, and you should hear me talking to the Lord. I'm walking through the house, just praying the other day. And I just was talking to the Lord, like, you know, Lord, well, I think I want to get married, but sometimes I don't know. You know how sometimes you think you want something and then you get it and you don't want it. And I'm saying all this to the Lord. And I'm like, but if you really do have somebody for me, I just want to know. I don't want to be thinking. See, when that when the dream started coming again and God began to remind me of these promises, and I I do believe it was God, you know, after all this time, because I didn't bring it back up. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, so I, I don't know. I just start praying for the person, you know, and and I used to do that years ago, like whoever he is, Lord. So I'm talking to the Lord, but I'm just like, Lord, the reason why Pastor Zach had said to me when we went out to lunch that time with all of us, he said, Miss Cherry said, Adrian, I believe, I believe it's God because I don't believe it would. And, and when I share with them some of the stuff that was, that was coming up, what caused me to bring me to that point, she was like, I don't believe that that happened out of nowhere. It has to be, it has to be God. And, and you know, and I'm like, well, then why the Lord, you know, then, then a year has passed now since then, you know what I mean? So it's that since that started, but I do pray, Lord, if you, if this is not of you, then I don't even want to be thinking about it you know, but because I'm not sure, I want to pray for him, you know, and, um, and that he would be prepared, because I don't want no junk either, because I can do, now he doesn't have to be X, Y, and Z, but I'm 52, you know what I'm saying, I don't have time, I'm not babying nobody, I shared in that one podcast about the dude that I was seeing several years ago now, and, you know, we didn't come from the same, um, his walk with the Lord wasn't, his background wasn't the same, you know? And, uh, so I brought him to church with me one time and he met my pastor back in New York and my pastor, you know, so had a little talk with him and was walking through, showing the church, talking to him. And he, he met with me. My pastor said, he said, listen, Adrian, I just want to tell you this. He's a really nice guy. And he was, and he was fine too. Um, he's a really nice guy. He said, but I just got to tell you, that if you want to build, if you guys want to get together, I'm telling you, you're going to have to lead because mm-hmm. he's not ready to lead. And I was already feeling, not feeling, you know, starting to feel this isn't, you know, this just ain't going to work. And I was like, Pastor, I'm not interested in leading. I've been leading all my life. 
Like, I'm not trying to enter into a marriage and then I still got to leave. And I had a phone conversation here with him one time. And I said to him, I said, you know, let's just say he, he was, he was depressed about something. He was sad about something. And I said, well, if you're sad, we're going to church together. We're in a relationship together. And you're, you're sad. You're going through something. You know, what do you expect me to do Sunday morning? And he said, well, you know, I would expect you that he lived almost an hour away. He's like, I would expect you to drive, you know, to, to my house and get me and, and take me to church. And I was like, you don't got the wrong person because what I, what I expect is a man who has enough of a walk with the Lord that he knows number one, he can pray through himself. I'm all about encouragement, but you need me to go pick you up to go to church. Uh, uh-uh. I need somebody strong enough and, and has a walk with God enough to know that if you can just get in the corporate anointing, you're going to be all right. <laughs> you need me to come get you. We, we got a problem, you know? So, um, I got some stand, I don't know if my standards are the same as everybody else's standards, but I got some standards in terms of a walk with the Lord. I have been told that maybe they're too high. I don't know, but, uh, I, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not interested in a baby Christian. Is that wrong? I think, um, and I don't know for everyone else. I feel like I lead in all the other areas of my life. Like, I don't want to lead when I get home. Like, like I, I would like to have that dependability where I don't, I don't want to do that all the time. And I want somebody that we can, and I, and I don't want to refer, but the, the, I want somebody to be able to catch me who, who can be able to, we can hold each other up. There should be some equipment that we can pray together, that we know what's going on, that we're on the same spiritual wavelength. In some part, what that includes me having a strong prayer life and things like that. I want the same thing. I want us to like know where we are with God. I, yeah, I, I think anointing. I think that's important just because of spiritual warfare. And somebody's like, I don't even know what that is. Can you teach me what that is? I just don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, I just, I just don't want to. And I think. Adrian, if I was in my 20s, maybe. If I was 19 and we were both baby Christians, that's cool. But at 35, no. Yeah. I, no I, it's, it's a no for me. And I, I hate that if that's wrong or anything, or I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but it's a no because me and God have been through so much. I need somebody who's warring with you. And I, yeah. And I believe the Lord knows what we need. That's why I say I believe there's one person for me, you know? And um, I don't know. But Here's my question, though. Since we uh, may all feel that God has someone for us, I'm hearing a lot. I do a lot of. Um, I learn. I learn a lot, you know. And I'm and I want to be prepared, you know, for whatever God has. So I'll listen. I'm I'm and listening to um, people talking about marriage and things like that to to grow and all that stuff. And I really feel that the Lord has been dealing with me about certain things in terms of preparation. So we talk about sometimes when we don't know where he is and I sure don't know where he is because there don't seem to be uh, many around, right? But Ms. Sherry had told me the other, before she went away, she's like, you know, she's like, in an instant, the Lord can, you know, somebody can all of a sudden he's there. Like you said, you can reach for the same fruit, right? What is it that you're doing, if anything, that you feel is a preparation I'm gonna start with Sarah. 
<laughs> is there anything that, and if there's nothing, then there's nothing. But like, is there anything that you're doing that you feel is a preparation to be someone's wife? Because marriage is ministry, really. Um, I have read a lot of books. <laughs> yeah. I've listened to podcasts, but also like I've been, um, like seeing, like seeing a counselor, honestly, to work through some different things that I've seen in my life and just, um, growing and maturing in different areas. Um, so I feel like that is a preparation to that yeah. marriage yeah. and dealing with all kinds of relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do listen to podcasts and listen, and I pay attention a lot to, uh, the families and people that I'm around and try to pick up. I know no marriage is perfect. Marriage is going to be work. I mean, you're bringing two different people and bringing them together that grew up different ways. There's a lot of things and factors, Mm -hmm. but, um, trying to pick up and learning from everyone that I'm around. Yeah, that's good. I'm like that too. I ask a lot of questions, especially people who've been married for a long time. Yes. Anybody else? That's good, Sarah. I listen to podcasts. Um, I listen to sermons about marriage and I listen to sermons and singleness. Um, I've read books. I talk to married people. In fact, like I already know, like having, I read um, Tony Evans, uh, Woman of God. Like there's a lot. And then with my own relationship with God, we've been cleaning my own stuff out of the way. Like there's just stuff in my own heart that me and God have been dealing with. Like Mm-hmm. to prepare to be just not even just a better like following him so me and god have been doing our own work with my own life mm-hmm. um i will talk to people who are married i talk to people who are single like i ask questions i do all those things so i think those are preparation things of dealing with yourself like um there's an adjustment to um coming home and being by yourself to like oh like yes. there's somebody else here yeah. <laughs> like, there's, yeah. there's somebody like i have to consider somebody else before i do things um, there's even things of like talking to fr- friends who've had marriage that fell and ma- friends who've had marriage be successful like what are you doing and they talk about mentorship and having an older finding people to mentor in you who are healthy in marriage who have some of the same things so but I already start looking for those mentors like some of them they already know who they are uh-huh. uh, people was like well if I'm in a relationship you're going to mentor us and yeah. I'm hoping to bring you in it so that you we can be fruitful and like and those are things I glean from podcasts and yeah. books I've read and like sermons I've listened to like so there's just I feel like I've done a lot of preparation in that regard uh-huh. okay all right anybody else feel like you're in a preparation period I think it's doing the same things that kind of you know Sarah and Deshay had said um I think kind of trying to make sure that I have a good understanding of myself I guess before I try to have an understanding of somebody else um, one thing for me, you know, in particular is, uh, I, I am a strong personality and I, and I know this about myself. I, um, I, I have opinions and strong opinions. Um, but sometimes I have to take a step back and understand that me voicing my opinion is not what's required in this situation. And to ask the question, okay, what is it that you need from me? Whether than me always saying, I have this expectation and da, 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 da. What is it that, that you need from me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Anybody else? 
Well, I have to tell you, I, you know, in addition to listening to stuff and podcasts and asking questions and I, you know, the couple I had on last week and, and all that, um, I feel like the Lord is just having me do practical things. Like when we went into this fast, I felt like this fast, I, I felt so much like, yes, I need to dig into God and to draw closer to God. But I was feeling really strongly like the things in the natural can so clutter up the spiritual. I had this closet that I so needed to clean. And I remember, and I was like, you know, and I already started. I'd already started, you know, working on this closet. And, um, but anyway, it was one of the nights during the fast. And I'm like, I'm just praying. I start, and I I wasn't praying long because I declared just like that. I heard clean your closet. (laughs) And that might sound absolutely wild. But I really, really felt like that was something the Lord had me doing. I'm still in this project of decluttering, you know, and uh, and start, and I just really felt like that. Like I've had times too where it's like, okay, wash the dishes in the sink, empty the dishwasher, you know, and I and that's whether or not you're in the process of, you know, being with your mate or not. The Lord will do those kinds of things. But I just feel like that is a part of the process for me at this point. Like. You know, and that's not like I'm just sitting around. I mean, I'm kind of a busy person, you know, but that closet need to be decluttered. It looks good now, <laughs> you know, but I got other paper stuff. I mean, I got papers. I have papers all over this table right here because not only am I doing my job and my work and all the medical mess and bills and stuff that I have right now, but I'm also my aunt's power of attorney. And so mm-hmm. I have to handle her bills. So I've got all those things and it can be so overwhelming. And I'm like, ah. But I really believe that that's that's a part of it, you know, like. Am I prepared to minister to the man that God has for me, because I want God to be preparing him for me, you know, so anybody want to piggyback on that? No, I think I mean. I would agree. I mean, as far as you said, the practical, and I mean, I'm, I'm pretty traditional whenever it comes to, um, I guess, to, to certain views. And, and I, I know that, you know, I think your home should be a safe place. Um, Your home should be that place of peace and not that place of chaos. Your home should be, you know, that place that, that, you know, you and your husband can come into, and it is not the place of strife and, and, you know, and just, just craziness, but it is kind of that safe place to where it can be cozy and relaxing and that place that you can be at peace. Um, That's, that's very important. And so making sure that, that my home is that place. And now mind you, I'm not talking about perfectly clean every minute of every day. Um, You may have a glass on the counter or whatever the case may be. If you know anything about me, I'm a tad OCD about things. So, um, but, but making sure, and that can cause chaos of making sure that glass is put away that can create chaos for everybody else around me because I'm so particular about it. Um, Mm -hmm. Just making sure that, you know, that my home is a, is a place of peace. Yeah, that's good. Uh, it looks like God got onto me like a year or two ago where I've had to start cleaning out like letting go of stuff like that I've had and cleaning out my closet and like there's no and like practicality I was like there's a husband I was like I live in a three-bedroom house and it's by myself mm-hmm. and I was like is there even room for someone to live here? <laughs> 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 like, is there, like just, just practicality I was like 
my entire house because it's just me and my dog. So like that was like it was practical stuff. Like I was like, you start getting rid of stuff. Yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, oh man. <laughs> and I was like, like, you need to start getting rid of things. You need to start making space. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's a that was that is something practical. Like how is in the house? Like cooking cooking more meals. Um traditionally how I want my family, I have ideas of having a less electronic family with my kids and things. So like um, Wednesdays and Thursdays, I don't do electronics because that's what I want for my family as a household. And that's something that I should be practicing. So I'm practicing things that I want for my family as a single person now. Those are routines and things I'm already trying to set up in my life now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Somebody saying, did I cut someone off? No, I just said, that's good. Yeah, Yeah, that is good. Um, uh single young people i always laugh because i'm like when my pastor had made me part of the have a singles uh home group i didn't want to be bothered with the singles home group because i like being in the regular home group and the single folks were like you know i'm like you're 18 you're not single you ain't supposed to be married you know what i mean like i was like <laughs> why is he putting me in this group you know while i was supposed to I lead. I ended up leading later, but he was adding me to this group, making the single group. I'm like, these, they're kids. I'm like, they're not even, they're not single. Talk to me. You know, I hear people a lot of times, they're like, oh my goodness, I've been single for two years. I'm like, you know what? See me 23 years later, okay? You know? <laughs> so, but anyway, we have it with these, these, these young people. Are we setting up young people that they have to be married, that that's the best thing to do, and and not setting them up by saying, whatever God has for you, that's what I want for you. How do you balance between God wants to hear the desires of your heart with, but if God has another plan for you, it's okay. So I have a different perspective. Um, I was raised by a single mother and not a traditional church setting so like I grew up with seeing strong single women throughout my entire life yeah and so that perspective and when people are like well I just want to get married and that's going to make my life that wasn't never fully my thought pattern I've always wanted to get married but it was never going to be to complete my life right yeah just because that's just not how I was raised so when I have so when I talk to younger people like, I want to be married because I'm incomplete. It, it doesn't fully calculate to me because I'm like, what do you mean? Get a career. What do you mean? Go, like, I'm just this. I have women who are very career, very driven people in my life. A lot of the women are. So, like, when I meet people and they're like, well, I want to get, it, it, it for me, it, mis, it misfires for me because that's just not the way I think. Sure. And yeah. so, like, I always have to watch myself to make sure I'm not being offensive because I'm just like, well, why aren't you pursuing a career? Like, what are you doing with your life? What is your purpose? What do you like? What is God saying for your life, right. other than marriage and children? Is that? Um, and I'm kind of almost like I had to watch myself because I'm like, is that it? Like, what else? Like, what? Like, what? and that, that. But that is my mentality. But I also had to realize, looking back, like, I was raised by a single woman. I was told to get a career. I was like, my. I was told to pursue career the lord family and have a family i was told to pursue all three and so when i hear other people in a non-church in a different church setting who grew up 
differently, it kind of takes me back because I'm not used to that kind of thinking, if that makes sense. I hope I'm being clear without being offensive. <laughs> no, you, you mean it. Yeah. But I think some people who are built, who I think you can, not that you're not saying this is the case, but you can be yeah. raised in a family with a mother and a father and still be, um, right. you know, that's just my own that, perspective. Not to, that you're already complete because marriage should be one, you know, one plus one in God's economy equals one, right? It's one whole person, not two half people, right? One plus one. So, but, but I wonder though, sometimes because that message I think is, is out there that this is what you, you know, if that's what you want, then that's what's God, what God's going to give you. Is that, do we set the people up though for, how do you balance that? I want you to believe, but at the same time, it's not the end of the world that if that doesn't happen. I think that's where it's important that people who have who are you know in their 30s 40s 50s 60s that have walked that single life and have been successful in it that they're able to to see that and be examples and be willing to talk about it mm -hmm. to people who are younger to show them that you can do this and you can live a fulfilled life you can be free you can be all that you want to be you can be complete without feeling like you're less complete because you're not married. And if you're going to get married, that's great. And that just makes it even multiply more, but it doesn't mean that you're less because you don't have that, that marriage component or that companionship, you know, you still have the Lord and he still walks with you and you still have that that walking with them, you know, and I also think it's important that they see single people who can mentor living a pure life yes. because we live in a sexually charged society. Yeah. I mean, it's everywhere and everybody's being, you know, and everybody's being told, well, you know, you're missing out on something if you're not doing X, Y, Z, or you're not having a full relationship or you're not this or whatever. And it's and in the church. It's in, in the church, yeah. And I don't know about, I'm not saying in our church, but I'm saying when I did that podcast about, I, I was literally hearing Christians say that they had to have a discussion about whether or not they were going to have sex. Now, I understand having a discussion about what boundaries you're going to set up, but not having sex should be a given. But it doesn't seem to be. I mean, you hear a lot of people and they're like, you know, and they're Christians. And then, well, I told him that I'm not going to have sex. And he was mad. I'm floored. Mm -hmm. And I'm told that I have this innocent mindset about it because it's all up. In, and I'm thinking. But you can be strong enough. Like to shake the, yeah. What'd you say? You've got that strong women and strong examples. And like Deshae said, she had a, she had strong examples of, of women. And so that's something that's important to her and that she knows that she can do this. And she was driven to pursue these, these things are important. And I think you need to have someone who you can see who is willing to have those conversations with you about all these different things. And they're not afraid to broach that subject of whatever talk, it may be. But we don't talk about we do. don't talk about I, no I'm, I'm saying like in the church i mean maybe the, you don't hear people talk about fornication you don't i mean there are some people who just they're like i didn't know i was i mean i, I was listening to something recently and somebody said i never knew that i wasn't supposed to do this that and the other thing that you know 
maybe they didn't get to that part of the Bible yet and they never heard it, you know, but we don't, we don't really talk about that. And, and I don't, and that I think is concerning. It's concerning when I have somebody who was raised, I know someone who's raised in the church and it's like, I don't want to be there because everybody's, and, and, and people fall and, I'm, and there's grace for that. So I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about willful decisions that this is how we're going to conduct our relationship. So if you're going to talk about singles in that, in this, in, you know, you, you can't leave out, you know, and just because you're 50 doesn't mean you don't need to hear that, I guess. And that you have to set up boundaries. Like, I think people have to be taught boundaries. I'm a boundary person. I was about to say, I was taught that when I was in youth group. Like, my youth minister mm-hmm. had that conversation. He was like, don't be getting all hot and heavy. And they'd be like, oh, help me, Jesus. So those, <laughs> those boundaries, I remember because I was 13, he said, those boundaries should be clear from the outside. My youth pastor, when I was in St. Louis, he talked about boundaries. He was like, y'all waiting to his. You didn't, you didn't went too far. Now you want to set boundaries. You know, the boundary starts when you start the relationship. And he was having those conversations with us in youth because we were 13, 16 and, and yeah. doing all of those things. So it was in youth. Now, as an adult, I think we, um, there's been a lack of, of holiness, honestly. Like people don't honor the words that the book says and they just think it's my interpretation. So that's just a growing trend overall. It's not just, oh, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to fornicate. It's like, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to steal. I didn't know I was supposed to take to one's those husbands. Like Paul's letters never existed at all. So that's yeah. the overall arching problem, I think, that you're referring to. Yeah. I agree. Well, and my youth group had those same discussions. And our youth pastor would say, you know, don't come up and do a frontal hug with a guy right I mean he was that blunt yeah you know because they feel everything that you got and you know he said here's a do the side hug thing you know um but you know and we also had teen challenge that was coming to our church at the time when I was in youth and there was you know they came and said hey you know you're on the platform and these people struggle with xyz whatsoever so here's why we ask you not to do this or not to wear this or to think about this, you know, don't sit on the platform with your legs open and you got a skirt on. Yeah. You know, it's those kind of, and some of that's practical things that I think that, and and I'm not just meaning, you know, from the sexual component, but there's practical things to living a single life. Yes. My pastor talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. That needs to be addressed and needs to be shared that, that crosses over between singleness and married life. Quite frankly, absolutely. that that I think that the church doesn't necessarily, they, they come at it from sometimes a married perspective, not realizing that it can apply across. And if you just add a little bit more Mm -hmm. direction in what you're saying, you've you've given practical information to everyone walking forward in their life not just those who are married or just those who are single and and there are times when there are specific things that are specific to a married couple or specific to a single person when we talk about boundaries i gotta ask amanda amanda what are you thinking i'm just looking at you i i have have a couple things (laughs) a couple um, 
the first thing I'm thinking is that I do think that there are certain things that are being said in the church. I think that we need to change our narrative a little. Um, whenever it comes to modesty, whenever it comes to, uh, you know, fornication, um, we, I, I don't know if we necessarily come at it from the the right angle, I guess. Um, if you, if you look at a teenager right now, and if you say, if you do this, you're going to go to hell, they are going to shut down. But if you express and if you teach, and I'm talking about seriously teach, not tell something that you've been told your whole life, but you teach from the word of God, from a perspective of love yes. and from a perspective of understanding, they're going to be more open to hear you. Um, the other thing that I'm thinking is that you cannot teach modesty when you yourself are not modest. Um, we have we have become laxed in um, our reverence of the sanctuary and of the things mm -hmm. of God. And, um, and we do wear things in, in God's presence that we should not wear. I mean, ever. Um, I know of many, um, you know, many, many leaders that are spread, you know, throughout the, the nation and churches that, that I know personally that I'm sitting there thinking there's no way that you should be wearing that because it is a instant state of confusion that takes place um there's there is that that spirit of confusion and you know you reference you know not trying to point anybody out because we know we know that we all we all find ourselves in situations that we should not be in but whenever you have ministers who have a uh, and i'm talking about male ministers and female ministers you have ministers who are so ingrained in a lifestyle of pornography and they are trying to express holiness, there's, there's a spirit of confusion that overtakes that. And then that authority will not be recognized. And so we have to make sure that we are living up to the standard that we are teaching. We are living up to the standard that the, that the scripture declares. I think it was Deshay who said that we, we have to get back to holiness and, and we have to get back to holiness, not traditional, not religious, right, right, but we right. have to get back to holiness that says, I am a child of God, and this is why I act the way I do. I am anointed. I am covered. I am loved by an all-knowing and all-powerful God, and so this is why I respond the way that I do, and those boundaries are very, very important. Um one thing that, you know, and I know that we've, we've spent a lot of time, you know, talking about, you know, sexual temptation. One thing that is a no-go for me is I do not have a lifestyle that entertains alcohol at all. I, I do not want it in my home. And so I've had people tell me you will never be married because everybody drinks. Then I'm sorry, that's not going to be in my home. And, and that's people in the church that that's, that's a part of our lifestyle. Well, that's not going to be in my home. And the reason why I have that value and that's something that's so ingrained in me is, you know, I lost an uncle to drunk driving. And so that is not something that, that I even play with or entertain. Um, and so I, I think that, I think that we have to make sure that whenever we are teaching these things, you know, to a younger generation, um, that number one, we're telling our story um, and we're, we're being open with our story. We're being vulnerable with our story. We're being truthful with our story. We're not presenting our story as if we've never had failures. We've never had faults. We're holier than everything. Um, but we then have to present it from a perspective of love and not condemnation. And teaching their value, teaching. I think one of the keys when you talk about purity, what we've come to call purity is understanding 
your value. And that when it comes to dating, when I talk about boundaries, it's because I, I believe that let's say you're courting someone, you know, or, or not courting, but dating. I like courting, but you're with someone in the church before you are that person's girlfriend or before you are that person's boyfriend, you are that person's sister or brother in the Lord. You don't want to do anything. It may not lead to the altar, right? You don't want to do cross the line where I can't look across that aisle if we're no longer together and respect you as my brother in the Lord. And I think that's so important because that's first and foremost. And I don't want, you know, nothing should be done that if you supposedly care about that person, you understand they belong to the Lord. Your body belongs to the Lord, right? I have to present my body to the Lord. And so we shouldn't violate and endanger that person's walk with the Lord and eternity by the actions we take. And so instead of just telling people things like, you just shouldn't do this, you can't do that, you know, you know, there's always the heart of love behind everything that God is doing. And he's trying to spare us from some, some things and, and, the, and the value, you're worth more than a feel, a touch or this or that, you know. And, um, but that has, that has to be, I think that has to be taught. You're dealing with the cultural influence though. Like one who has worked in secondary education, I wasn't only model being single for children in the church or women, in, young women in the church, but I was doing it for young women who were in school mm-hmm. who told me at 13, 14, you don't have a man, you don't have a purpose. From 13 and 14 year olds as far back as a couple of years ago. And I wanted them to see their, like, if they're like, what do you do with your life? Because you don't have a man with people. Mm-hmm. That, is, that disturbed me to my core because I was like, what do you mean? My work? And so these, we have taught a generation to get their value and work for what they're, get, for what they're given away, but not for who they are. And somehow that narrative has changed. So mm-hmm. I found with working with youth from 25 on down, it's been, you need to find your value again. And teaching them their value because they've been looking for value in a person, another person finding value and what they can give that person rather than finding it like the narrative has been switched. So, you know, the church is not the only one influencing culture. We're in a war. We're in a war of telling them you're valuable and people are like, you're not valuable until you give you away something and they're finding heartbreak. Um, And I've been finding... And that has been the hardest thing because I was like, when did this narrative switch that I don't have a man, I'm not valuable? And students told me that, well, you don't have a, you don't have a wife. Well, I don't think this is value. I don't and know that that's new. Yeah. Well, it was new. It's new to me because maybe because I just grew up. Because you're, yeah. <laughs> like, I grew up different. Well, but you know, Deshay, even when we, and I know it's well-meaning, but even when you hear comments like, if you want to, if you want a man, then you might want to put makeup on. And I know there's no ill intent, but it sends a message that you're not good enough. You know, I think well-meaning and that, and that well-meaning or not, I think it sends a message that we have to be mindful of, but a lot of times we don't, 
And that's where relationships come in. Because like I said, from my past, there were times in my past, like there were people who were within the church that thought, who said, you know, I never, I never noticed it before. I never realized it before. And that's where good relationships come in, you know? And um, so I don't know. I just think those things, when we talk about, as we wind down here, cause I, I've never done an episode this long, but I had a feeling it was going to be, you know, kind of deep. But one of the things I, I, I recognize when talks, when I say singles and ministering to singles, some singles don't want to get married necessarily, or they're not thinking about marriage. And some do. There's all kinds of ways to minister to singles that, that, that don't have anything to do with marriage. It's that singles lifestyle is completely different. It, well, different in many ways than married. You know, a lot of times people assume when they say single, they say young and they're like, well, you don't have anything else to do. So you might as well. And I'm like, many of us are older and we do have quite a bit of responsibility. We have jobs, we've got bills, we've got, you know, and so you, you, you've got to meet singles where they are. They, I've got to walk through this, you know, but I'm by myself and I got to walk through this. And it's not about getting a man. It's just that that's just where I am in life. And, and so whether it's inviting someone to, to, to dinner or just teaching about how to balance a checkbook or, I mean, it, it, there's so many aspects. I notice sometimes you ever see these events even that are like, if you're, if you're um, the price is X, Y, and Z, this is what it costs. If you're a couple, it's this amount which you get a discount. And I'm like, most of them got two salaries. I'm trying to figure out why the couple gets the break. <laughs> right? And then the single person, you've got one income that you've got to manage. These are all things that are part of being single, not just marriage, not just that. Although that's important too, and that's valid too, when you have a desire for marriage. There's so many aspects of it. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah, I want that discount. I got one income <laughs> and two cats to support, and two cats. Yeah, <laughs> which is another thing. Do you know? A few years ago, I heard somebody somebody posted something on Facebook years ago that made a comment about people being single. They shouldn't be single, but they have um, inappropriate relationships with their pets, and which is <laughs> what. Which is a, and they didn't mean like, you know, relations, relations, but they meant they've got this unhealthy love for their pets, which is why God hasn't been able to bring their mate into their life. I was like, you got issues. I think, I think people find all kinds of reasons for why you're single. Yeah. Like you have I've found 35 years of being single. It's because I don't wear enough makeup. Well, why don't you wear makeup? Or why don't you smell more? Or you would be pretty if you wore earrings. Or maybe you need to go online. Or maybe you need to do this. And it's like, well, maybe you just need to leave me alone. Like, <laughs> just like, maybe I need, if I gotta do all these things, maybe I need to be by myself. I do think sometimes, I mean, there are certain things that we might feel to do and that's, and that's okay too. But to, to, to make it seem like you're not good enough, enough unless, you know, as if everybody... I'm not saying that you shouldn't shower. I mean, I love what Triple <laughs> Dallas said. Does he take a bath? Do you live outside of your parents' house? Like, he had a good list going. 
what do you do you have debt like these are real questions that you should be asking but like I also just want to be like stop trying to pick me apart and try to fix me Mm. and maybe let God do the work yeah and tell it's not trying to make me measure up to your idea because I'm not I'm not going to be your idea I'm going to be whoever I'm going to whoever that person is I'm their idea and I'm God's idea not the other way around yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. Ladies, I have to tell you that, um, and you would never be none the wiser, but I have spent many a day or evening praying for you all, you know, um, single people that I, that I know of in the church, whom I, you know, many of whom I know want to be married, you know, and so I do lift you up in prayer. And then some that I, do, I think they do, but I'm not quite sure, you know, and some, you know, Um, but I just want you to know that you are being prayed for because I do, not everybody's going to be married and you're not a second-class citizen if you're not, but I asked you on because I know that, you know, at least sometimes you want to be married and I pray for that. And I, and I, I do, I pray for you that God would give you your, I would, he would give you his, his best for you, his best for you. Um, and, um, and I pray that we, and I ask that we will pray. That's why I said married people need to hear what we're saying here, excuse me. And I think leadership needs to hear what we're saying and singles need to hear what we're saying. And I think the bottom line is, and I want to leave with this thought, I'll give anybody a, a last word, but I think the bottom line is that people need to know whatever stage they're in, you know, it's about being in the middle of the will of God for our mm-hmm. lives and trusting him more than we trust ourselves. You know, so much uh, in this conversation. Any final comments from you? I appreciate your time so much and your experience and input. I think just the wait is going to be worth it. Yeah. That the, the wait, waiting on the the man that God has for you is, is going to be so much better than getting into a relationship and it brings you nothing but turmoil. So if you are wanting to be married, just wait, wait until God brings that person into your life. So the word. And to piggyback off what Amanda said, be the person that you want to be married. You should meet your own standards and criteria that you're expecting. You can expect to have a godly man and you still out there half stepping in sin um we have to have our own accountability you know what i'm looking for i'm making sure that i am what i'm looking for mm-hmm. i want to match what i'm looking for i want to be able to give not just get from yeah. being married i want to be able to have something to offer a godly man because that's god's son and i uh, and i want to honor that as well yep. and so i would that would be my advice and wait on the lord and don't wait idly Mm-hmm. be busy be busy doing god's work while you're doing that that's right yeah because waiting is mo- waiting is movement you know yeah yeah anybody else want to say anything sarah you got any last comments you're good right yeah you're good thank you thank you crystal you got any last comments you're good too all right well ladies thank you so much for um being on this episode of the Adrian Ross show, this will go down in history as the longest one we have had, but it was, it's worthwhile. I've been wanting to do this for so long. So thank you for being agreeable and thank you for all that you bring to the table and God bless you.
abundantly. You too. Thank you. Thanks, right. Thank you. Okay, well, as my guests disappear from view, I just want to say um, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Adrian Ross Show. Be sure that you go to the BMG Network. That's the bmgnetwork.com and check out the other podcasts that are there. We are engaging, enlightening, informative, and, you know, sometimes entertaining like this one. All right, I'll catch you next time. God bless you. The Adrian Ross Show was produced and edited in the BMG studio. The music was provided by Kevin McLeod. Find more episodes of The Adrian Ross Show at thebmgnetwork.com and major podcast platforms. Be sure to tune in regularly. You don't want to miss even one episode. <laughs>